You're about to watch our midweek leadership talk with Cowboy Junction Church. We hope that you're encouraged as you listen to this to grow and become a limitless leader in a world full of limits. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for today. Speak to our leaders and everyone listening to this with the sound of my voice. Do what you do. Father, show us who you are. We love you, love you, love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I've been talking about Elisha. We're going to be in Elisha for the next several weeks at church. And I just thought I'd kind of jump out today and teach on a portion of the Elisha story found in 2 Kings uh, chapter 3. If you want to turn there real quick. 2 Kings chapter 3. Um, this is what I'm going to be teaching on this weekend, the story, but this is the leadership side of it that I wanted to talk to you guys about. This isn't going to be preached this weekend, maybe a little snippets, but, but this is specifically for you guys. Let me give you an idea of what's going on here before we, we go there. We're going to go to verse 15. Um, there are three kings that have had an argument. Okay? The three, there's four kings that have an argument. Three kings have decided they're going to wage war on another king. It's this incredible story about um, one king honored the king of Israel with a hundred thousand lambs a year and a hundred thousand male goat uh, hides, like, like you shear um, sheep hides for wool. Okay? And, and so, and, and then he just stops. He just stops doing it. And, and there was a, almost a, a rent that had to be paid. And so the, the, the king then decides he's going to go to war. And he brings all these other kings in. And they get all riled up. And they get all worked up. And they get ready to go. And they take off to go fight this king. And then halfway get there and realize they didn't pack enough water. And it's dry. And it is dusty. And they do not have enough water for their animals, much less themselves. And they are stuck in the middle of the desert, okay? And they don't know what to do. They can't make it home. They can't go on any further. Now, now let me just say, that's right there. Asking for directions is one thing, but to get stuck in a place to where, yeah, you can't go anywhere, you didn't plan very well at all. So one of them turns to the other and says, is there a prophet? close by okay and and they mentioned some prophets but they said the one around here and he's the best one is Elisha okay let's go to him I want to show you um, Elisha really didn't want to dwell with him at all but um, he, 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 he finally gave in and he said if it was up to me he said the only reason I'm going to even do this because one of you kings I, I respect the rest of you guys I don't so if it wasn't for him I wouldn't help you at all I'd just tell you to go die in the desert but because of him, I'm going to help you. And this is how the story goes in verse 15. But now bring me a musician. And then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. So entrance God. That's very important. God enters the story. And he said, thus says the Lord, make the valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And, and in one moment, they went into instruction mode. What did God tell them to do? And that's going to happen in, in every one of our lives as leaders. You're going to be in a situation and faith is going to be coming out on whether or not 
You can just simply do what God tells you to do. And isn't it interesting that Elisha turns to him and says, go dig ditches. Because really, honestly, all they needed was water. Moses spoke to a rock and water came. Moses struck a, walk, a rock and water came. But water hasn't come. Can you imagine being thirsty and at the edge of, 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 of being, I, I guess, almost dying, and now you have to go to work? Right. If you've never felt that, you haven't been a leader long. <laughs> Come on, think about that. I've, I've been worn out before. And then God says, go dig ditches. <clears throat> I have been plumb tuckered out. And God says, I need you to do this. But it's in the ditch digging that the miracle takes place. Because water is going to come, but whether or not you're ready for what God's about to do is entirely based on whether you dug ditches or not. Now what happens is a flash flood takes place. Rain doesn't come, wind doesn't blow, and just out of nowhere a flash flood roars through the valley. And what happens is because of all the ditches that they've dug, they've kept the water after all the, wa the water is gone. It's there one minute and it's gone the next. It did exactly what God said it was going to do. Right. But because they were obedient in digging ditches, after all the rush happened, what they needed is right there before them. Enough water for their animals, enough more water for their herds, enough water for every man to then proceed into battle and they ended up winning the war. The reason why this is so important is because every leader can find the provision. Every leader can find the provision, but it does not mean. But, but uh, every leader can find the provision does not meet meet the vision. Have you guys ever been in a position to where you know that you don't have everything you need to do what it is you want to do? We've all been there. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the money. I don't have the energy. I don't have the time. I don't have the people. But the secret that we got to learn today is it can happen just like that. Right. One minute you have no money, but in one weekend, the money can just be there. The money can walk through the doors. The money can pull into the parking lot. The money can see what their kids loved about kids' church. They're, the money can walk into youth group and realize this is where my kids need to be. The money can be sitting on the third row on the left side, sitting right there. And all the money just showed up in one moment. But the question is, is if all the money showed up in one moment, do you even know what you would do with the money before the money even got here? That's called structuring. And every great leader has built the structure for where they're going before the muscle even gets on the bone. They've planned for this. They've prepared for this. They've thought about this. There's three things that I think every leader is going to have a lack of. It's money. Every leader is going to have a point to where they don't have enough money. Every time. Uh, time. Have you guys ever found out you don't have time to do everything you need to do? Okay. And, and people. You're never going to have enough people. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to have enough people. So it's important for us to stop and think and ask a question. What does your organization look like twice the size of what it is right now? Twice the size of what it is right now. We had to start asking that question at Cowboy Junction 
uh, it's great that Cowboy Junction is running 100 people, okay? But what, what does the leadership structure look like at Cowboy Junction at 200 people? And I never thought about that. I just thought we could kind of run 200 people with what we've got, and you can't. What happens when you're there? You get to 200 people, but you ask the question, that's great, you guys are, you guys are doing great at 200, but what does the leadership structure look like at 400? And you know, we're past 400 now. But if we weren't planning for being at 400, if we weren't digging ditches, when things were happening, we wouldn't have been able to capitalize on volunteers. We wouldn't have been able to capitalize on the flash flood that takes place and then to turn around and realize that we probably should have dug more ditches. Thank God we dug the ditches we did dig. Um, what happens when Cowboy Junction got to 800 people? Um, that was something at 400 we had to think about. I can't even imagine the first time we hit 800. But we were already prepared for three services on Sunday and one on Monday. And it's all these things that people, some people would say, boy, you guys are so great at Cowboy Junction at preparing. Actually, we're scared to death. <laughs> we're scared to know in because we just got through planning for 800. Yeah. And which means now everything we do is planning for 1,600 people. Everybody cheers on the new building. Is there anybody here that is excited about our new building? Yeah. I'm excited about our new building. But you know what? You should be scared to death. <laughs> you should be scared to death because we are projected to be at 2,000 people five years after we get our new building. 2,000. That came from our, our um, Tony Morgan who said, when you guys get your building, you've got to be, be ready. You're going to be running 2,000 people. What does your organization at Cowboy Junction look like? when 2,000 people are calling this their spiritual home to where they are going to be fed and they're going to be turning to you and saying, here's my kids. Here's my youth. Here I am. Not only do you have to speak to me, but you also have to speak to everybody else. Are you ready for this? And, and, and the thing is, is that we, we, we could easily say, that's enough. We're done. We're done. We're good, God. You are so awesome. And he'll shut it off. He really will. But if we look at this community, there are people who have not been led to Jesus yet. And we still have a mission. Uh, are numbers important? Uh, numbers are only important if one number is important. Does one person matter? Okay. If one person matters, then does another person matter? And does another, does another person matter? And if you ever run into somebody that says numbers shouldn't matter, then you've never met somebody, then you've just met somebody who has no value in one person. Wow. Wow. And if you ever meet someone who has a value in that one person, they also see the size of the vision, of the mission, of the harvest that is out there that needs to come in. Structure supports the, the provision. Uh, Elijah had a flash with flood. You're going to have flash floods too. But the question is, is in the people, in the money, in the time, in the energy, and all these things, it's not whether or not you're ready for it. It's, re it's whether or not you're getting ready for it. Are you digging ditches? Where do you see yourself going? Uh, one, one thing I want to I wanna wrap up, uh, a few things. Number one, uh, do you know your need? Do you even know what you need? 
Because the moment that we, every one of us, if you should ever just sit back and go, it feels good. You're not being a good leader. You have to say in that moment, it does feel good right now. But everything about what I know is, I need to start digging ditches. What does the leadership look like in my organization to lead the people twice the size of what is happening, twice the responsibility of what's going on right now? Second thing is, can you communicate the need? Because if you can't in one minute communicate to somebody what your ministry is, what your heart is, why what you do is so important. If you can't do it in five minutes, if you can't even in 45 minutes, in each area, you need to be proficient to be able, whether someone gives you a minute, five minutes, or 45 minutes, to be able to communicate to them why your ministry is the most important ministry at Cowboy Junction Church. Do you even, uh, do you know what you need and can, can you communicate the need? Number three, what does your organization look like two times the responsibility that you currently are at? Let me show you a New Testament scripture and we're going to be done. Mark chapter 8 verse 4. You're going to recognize it. This is where they fed the, the 5,000. Uh, in verse 4, Mark chapter 8 verse 4. Then the disciples answered him, how can we, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And um, in verse 8 it says, so they ate and were filled and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. So see the miracle took place. One minute they didn't have enough in the desert. The very next minute they had, they had way more than they could ever possibly keep. But I have a question. If they didn't have anything when this whole thing started, where'd the baskets come from? Right. Where'd the baskets come from? I mean, we always say about the fish and the bread. But today, this whole talk is about where's your baskets? God's going to make the fish and bread show up. Some little boy is going to walk in with fish and bread. But you know what we're in? We're in the basket business. Do we have the ability, after it's all said and done, to sit back and have the ditches built to where you can sit back and know that somebody can take it from here? I've built the leadership. I've built the finances. I've built the time. I've put this in. I've dug the ditches. What's interesting about this is, keep going down to verse 13, because it's a different story. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples, check this out, had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than a loaf with them in the boat. Wow. They had just seen Jesus turn fish and bread into feeding all these people, they had seven baskets left over, and Jesus says, you know what? You've got to catch a boat. Let's go. Let's get on. They get on, and each one of the disciples turned and said, did you bring the fish? Did you bring the loaves? Did you, you didn't bring anything? We're fixing to go on the ship, and you didn't bring anything? And they began to argue and fuss and fight. And that's when Jesus turned to him and said, hey, you've got to watch the Pharisees. They're full of leaven. And they say, Jesus, are you telling us that you're mad at us because we didn't bring any bread? And Jesus says, is that what you got out of what I said? It goes on and it says, Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves 
for the 5,000. How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? Question mark. And they said, 12? And when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did, you, did we take up? And he said, seven? And Jesus said this, and this is the last and final thing I want to say. How is it that you still don't get it? The first thing is, am I not the God of miracles? And right here on this boat, I can perform another miracle. How come you don't remember that? And the second thing is, is how come we're on this boat and you don't understand that our business is the baskets? And right now I can have fish jump in the boat. Right now we can sit here and I can snap my fingers and fish just starts jumping in the boat. But they'll jump right out of the boat if we don't realize that it's, it's not a one-day trip. It's not a two-day trip. It's not a three-day trip. We're going to be on this boat for a little bit. But none of you have got it yet. And I think that's the secret to leadership. Is not only do you have to lead people, but you've got to dig good, good ditches too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we love you. Show us how to dig good, good ditches. Good leadership is knowing where we're going, but also being able to understand that if we build the structure for what you're about to do, there will always be enough. If I could explain it, if I can show it, you can grow it. Lord, use us and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, camera's off. Y'all got any questions?